0: Welcome to Understanding Aged Care, a podcast about those difficult conversations that we are all going to have to have at some point in our life. But we in this podcast are really trying to make those conversations a bit simpler by arming you with important information. I'm Rachel Corbett and I'm joined by the Director of Aged Care Planners, the guru of all things aged care, Andrew Kay. Hello, Andrew. Hi,
1: Rachel. How are you?
0: I am good. All right. This one is all about residential respite. Which, to be fair, and I don't know whether it's just because I'm a bit of a dum-dum, but when I was going through this whole process, it took me a while to get my head around this bit of things.
1: I think it's just the terminology.
0: Yes, I think so
1: too. It's, it's the name of it and it's understanding what it really means and how you access it and when you access it. So. Residential respite is exactly that. You go off and you spend a week or two weeks in a residential aged care home. What that means for the person getting care is that they've got 24-7 care. They're getting fed, they've got nutrition. Inevitably, what, 99.9% of the cases when someone goes into respite after two weeks, the family are shocked at how good they look and how vibrant they are and they're they're rejuvenated and they've got good energy because they've been eating three meals a day, they've been good, well-balanced meals, they've been getting their medication managed, they're getting some exercise and so forth. The respite also also works for the carer at home. So if you've got a couple, mum and dad living at home, dad's the one that's been frail, dad's the one that needs the high level of care and he's been getting a home care package, what you're going to find is that mum is is finding it impossible to get anything done, her energy is sapped, And the risk that couples face is that the person doing the caring gets sick themselves Mm. and then you've got a catastrophe on your hands. So respite is to give them a break from the pressure of caring and to put the care recipient into an environment where they're going to get a chance to actually get some really intensive care.
0: And when that person goes into respite, they're getting the full aged care experience. They're getting the
1: full aged care experience. It's a wonderful try before you buy. Yes. Okay.
0: And when it comes to qualifying for this, you will get this as a part of your ACAT and then you get a certain number of days subsidised?
1: You do. So to, to access residential respite, you must have an ACAT assessment. So when you're getting the ACAT, when you're doing it for home care you need to ensure that you have a conversation with the assessors that it's going to include residential respite and the likelihood of permanent residential care so you're not having to go back and do the whole ACAT process again. Once you have been ACAT assessed and approved for for residential respite the government will subsidize 63 days of residential respite care for that person each year. Now that means the government will pay for that care You then need to find a service provider that will give you one week, two weeks, four weeks, or the full 63 days, if you need it, of respite care.
0: Do all aged care facilities provide it?
1: No. Residential respite and then leaving again without a transition to residential care, not all service providers will provide that.
0: Right. So it's not like you can say, I've had my eye on this place over there and we want to You need to ask them, do you
1: do respite? No, we're not going to go permanent. How many beds do you have? They may have 120 beds, but they may only allocate two beds. Right. Dedicated respite.
0: Here's an interesting question. Do the providers look poorly on that, or are they still getting full freight for what they're providing? So, is it because it's government subsidised, would they go, oh God, we don't want to have people in here in respite? It's a bit well, of a.
1: This goes part way to explaining why some only have a couple of beds right. and why others look at residential respite transitioning into residential care they'll like it because it means they've got someone in the home and they may transition across into permanent residential care or if they've had a good experience on respite when they do need permanent residential care they'll come back to
0: us. So what's some advice around finding a place because one of the things that I noticed and thank goodness you were in my life because when the hospital handed me a gigantic booklet full of aged care places and said just go and check out a few and I thought what in God's name how am I going to choose them you know I, I felt like this was is really an important point to have somebody there to assist but if people are going to do it on their own what's your advice for finding the right place
1: I help a lot of families identify and locate homes in their area based on who will be visiting the, the elder in home. There seems to be a psychological barrier. Anything past 20 minutes driving seems to be a, a big issue in terms of going to, to visit. It's got to be somewhere where you can readily access mum and dad Okay, mm-hmm. and go and see them. The second one I focus on is the quality of care. So when you're talking to homes, if you're phoning them, how informed do they appear about the sorts of medical conditions that you're talking through? Um, you can ask them questions like what ratio of care is to to residents do you have what's your rn now rn for the uninitiated is is um, registered nurse so they've got qualified nurses on duty how many per resident and do they change on weekends and does that ratio change at night and so forth so if you've got one nurse for 120 people that's a bit thin when you do the tour i'm looking at how the staff interact with each other how do they talk to the residents do they talk to the residents by name do they greet them by name Does the home smell when you first walk into it? Shouldn't be happening. Aged care homes don't have to smell. Do you see any medication sitting in the bathroom or on a bench top? Always try and be there at a meal time to see how the meals are presented and how the meals are, what the meals look like. And also, I like to go back after a meal to see how well it's cleaned up. How long does food stay on the floor? How long do the plates stay on the table? All these small things give you a very good idea about the efficiency in how they go about managing and running the home.
0: So it's a good idea to think about this really not only as a way to get a break, but also, like we mentioned earlier, about a potential transition or a try-before-you-buy option for somebody who might be resistant to aged care to see what it's like knowing that they're gonna be out in a week or whatever, and then sort of working out whether you like things in the facility to potentially transition to full time care. If you want if you liked somewhere that you were in respite, but they didn't have any beds, what's the process then?
1: You wait. Waiting lists in aged care are incredibly volatile. Whoever was in there last week may have already found another home. Mm. They may already be in respite somewhere else. They may have passed away. They may have gone back into hospital and not be ready to come back out. Aged care homes will respond to the people that are in contact with them, form a relationship with them, make them your new best friend. Mm. For residential respite, you as the care recipient will go into that uh, home and you will pay $52.25 a day, which is the basic daily care fee currently. In most homes, you'll be asked to pay that in advance. So be prepared that you're going to be asked to pay one, two or three weeks in advance.
0: What about in terms of the costs and the daily rate? Is that means tested? So if you're lower income, will you pay less? No. For
1: respite, because all you're being asked to do is pay the basic daily care fee, and that's benchmarked back to the age pension, There's no means testing and there's no other income tested fee. But that's reasonable. That is reasonable. Now, if you move into an extra service home, you may find some homes do charge a room charge or an extra service fee during that respite period. So be aware, certain homes may have additional costs that you need to do
0: read the fine print. The
1: lesson is ask the (laughs) questions, so know the questions to ask.
0: Well, in the next episode, we're touching on the final step in the process, and that is permanent residential care, finding the new home for your loved one. If you need any further information, if, as I mentioned, you're thinking, I need somebody to just get in there and have those conversations, give me those recommendations, make sure you head to hcareplanners.com.au and get in touch with Andrew, and we will see you in the next episode.
1: Thanks, Rachel.